Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 122. Uh, I'm really excited today to bring a past guest that we've had uh, a little while back. It was back in podcast number 89, uh, Mr. Cliff Ravenscraft. And for those of you who don't remember uh, Cliff or haven't heard it yet, Cliff is a business mentor, a life coach, and a motivational speaker. Cliff mentors, coaches, consultants, and thought leaders through their transition from their unfulfilling day job into their own responsible and profitable online businesses so that they can live the life of their dreams and do the work they feel most called to do in this world. Cliff, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience. And if you don't mind, tell them a little bit more about yourself. Woo! Well, Evan, thank you first and foremost for having me on as a guest. It is an honor. This is a great opportunity and I, and I appreciate you inviting me. By the way, so th- maybe maybe some of those people will remember that I was on the show in the past. Maybe they've been listening, you know, episode to episode, and they're like, "Wait a second, uh, that's not the bio I remember associated." <laughs> Cl- I thought Cliff Ravenscratch was the podcast answer man, teaching yeah. people how to br- break free from uh, the fear of putting their voice out into the world and creating content that entertains, educates, and encourages people around the world. Do you want to launch a podcast? This is the guy for you. That's how I think I remember being introduced the last time. And things have changed since then. Absolutely. But uh, so that's how I came to know you. Actually, a good friend of mine, Tracy Trost, uh, did a podcast with you a little while back. And uh, at the time that he started recording podcasts and talking about uh, stuff, I, I just I didn't get it. And I was like, man, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, I'm talking to this guy and he knows how to do podcasting. And I think you guys were talking about movies or, or something along those lines. That- well, we were never really talking about movies, believe it or not. <laughs> I think that was the premise, the, though. <laughs> the, what the, it, well, it was. So we it was we started a podcast, and it was called Life, Love, and the Movies. And of course, Trost, Tracy was a movie producer. I mean, mm-hmm. he he wrote, uh, produced, edited, and and full blown. I mean, he's like a media person all in and of himself so i i met him through his movie stuff that he was doing and he met me through the podcasting stuff that i was doing and i want and it's like life love and the movies mm-hmm. and that was this podcast and, and the idea initially was that we would take a movie we talk about it and then unpack the actual story behind it what is the message behind this movie mm-hmm. i it became evident that i wasn't really all as much into movies as he is <laughs> and so we decided instead to shift it, and we rebranded the show. After just a few episodes, we started calling it the Successful Life Mindset. Yeah. And we really got into a lot of personal development, personal growth. Uh, if you want to call self-help, I know a lot of people ha- have some negative thoughts about this idea of self-help, but certainly we got in there and talked about things that you would learn from an Earl Nightingale or Napoleon Hill and, and all the, uh, these other people that are all about and taking who you are and and growing as a human being to become more of who you were created to be. Yeah, I think I remember something about the motivational happy half hour or something along those lines. But it was one of those things where, uh, again, when it first started, I didn't get it. And then uh, one of the things that I've noticed about, and, and I would classify Tracy as a mentor in my life, is that there's certain people that as you're kind of going through and you can kind of watch what they're doing. And, and Tracy's a guy, in my opinion, that was ahead of his time. And, and obviously you were podcasting well before that. You were, I believe, were uh, still ahead of your time. But once I kind of grasped it and I understood it and then I just immersed myself in it, that's when I really started to see that growth. And so, you know, having an opportunity to talk to a guy like you who's kind of been on that journey, been on that path, and then taking that 
idea of podcasting and and just you, growing the medium, but then sharing it with other people, get, getting into the part where you're the podcast answer man, and you're helping people along the way. Um, I don't think it really clicked for me until I was listening to uh, John Lee Dumas uh, talk about you, and I was just I was like I I've heard that name Cliff Ravenscraft before, and it just absolutely blew me away. But, you know, having that opportunity to learn from other people and teach other people is something that you're passionate about. And, and I, I'm looking for in the thing that I'm doing here is, you know, how can I help that version of myself before, like tune into this sooner, tune into some of these things sooner, lean into some of the things that maybe you see other people doing, you don't understand it, but try to maybe do a little bit more research and, and better understand what that person's doing. And maybe that's something that uh, you can get on board with and you can learn and grow alongside them. And instead of going back and kicking yourself and say, man, I wish I had known then I wish I had, you know, that's, that's where we're, we're dealing with regret as opposed to maybe the, the pain of learning something new. It's the pain of regretting it and it, later on in life. Well, the uh, one thing I hope people will understand is that regret will never really do anything valuable for you except for give you a lot of uh, fear, anxiety, upset, anger, frustration, and it doesn't do anything to produce uh, growth. And so if you feel regret, uh, just say, hey, turn, turn regret uh, upside down and on its own and say, wow, what a valuable learning experience. All the bloody nose and you know the bruised face from falling on my face uh, you know, I, I'm going to use this to make sure that, man, from what I learned here, I'll never make those mistakes again. And I'm going to use those mistakes and what I learned from them to try to help other people avoid it. And so turn it, it never see it as regret and instead just turn around and see it as a, as what makes you even more valuable to the people that you get to serve in the future. Yeah. I think when I think of the word mistake, I always think of that's something that I want to avoid. I think that's, you know, especially when I was getting started, that was something that uh, I looked at as I have to do it perfectly. I have to do it right the first time, uh, even to starting a podcast. There's no reason for me to start a podcast. There's already a ton of people already out there doing it. And I wasn't putting enough value on the perspective that I brought to it or the life lessons that I had. I, I believe that, and I think we talked about it before, when we start getting into like our belief system about you know, why we believe that mistakes are a bad thing as opposed to embracing mistakes and, and changing that mindset. Mistakes are awesome. They're incredibly awesome. And failure is amazing, and it's required for you to grow. So, yeah, I, I think – so for me, and you asked me a little bit to tell a little bit more about myself, and I kind of – I think I skimmed over that – the reality is, is that I used to be an insurance agent. I was working for my mom and dad in a, in a family-run insurance agency, and I had this dream. I, by the way, I was wildly successful. I had more job security than anybody could ever potentially imagine, and I had a financial future that was all carved out for me. I was next in line to take over the insurance agency. In fact, if I would have stayed there, my dad retired and sold the business last year. Had I not left, I would be making a minimum of $1.5 million a year, wow. absolute minimum. This business was started in 1937 by my grandfather, and I would own it today. But I had a dream of leaving my 12 years as an insurance agent in this family-run agency with that future. I was, I was one of the most successful insurance in all the various different companies that I represented as an independent insurance agent for auto, home, commercial, business, health, and life insurance, all that stuff. And I had a passion for podcasting. 
I bet is and and this is by the way this is 2005 2006 mm-hmm. and I have a dream of leaving my career as an insurance agent to pursue podcasting this hobby on the that was maybe generating a couple thousand dollars a month on the side and I wanted to pursue that full time as my career because that's what I felt called to do it's what mm-hmm. fulfilled me something came alive when I got behind a microphone and started speaking and sharing my voice and it was having a profound impact in the lives of tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands of people around the world it's like I got to find a way to do this and so I left that and January 1st 2008 I became full-time self-employed and let me tell you Evan it wasn't uh, there were some mistakes made mm-hmm. I had all sorts of mistakes as far as my beliefs about money how much I charged initially I had a hard time getting people to hire me for 50 bucks an hour and that's all I would ever charge and gosh looking back if I knowing now what I know if I would have just charged more money more people would have hired me because all I did was communicate the lack of confidence and I had in my <laughs> own value yeah so and, and not to mention enough people know that I left a very secure job and that I had a uh, wife who was a stay-at-home mom. And we had three young kids, and they knew that at 50 bucks an hour, there's no way I'm going to hire Cliff. Man, that's just going to encourage him to continue to pursue this. If he's only going to charge 50 bucks an hour, he needs to go back to get a job yeah. that is in, in the insurance business. So I, ha- I made so many mistakes. I, I didn't know how to handle uh, so much of the the product creation side, people say, Cliff, I heard about you. I want to work with you. Can you tell me about your package? I don't have a package. Just work with me one-on-one. It's this amount per hour, however many hours it takes. And it's like, seriously? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I made so many mistakes. And by the way, my first year in business, Cliff Ravenscraft went from this very <laughs> successful insurance agent uh, leaving this lucrative career I mean, absolutely guaranteed future financially as far as anyone could be guaranteed. And I leave all of that. And by the end of my first year in business, the business is profitable. It paid for health insurance for my family. The business paid for the CPA that we hired. It paid for all of the software, computers, and all that other stuff that I needed for my business. But it did not pay payroll for the only employee, a.k.a. (laughs) me. For the first nine months of the business or for the first nine months of that first year. And then I got paid the final three months. But if you look at my personal income, my net personal income was $11,000 my first year in business. I made so many mistakes, not just financially, but also in my health and fitness. I did. I worked around the clock nonstop. I didn't do anything physically that I should have done to take care of my body. I ended up in the hospital in the first two weeks of uh, January 2019 and almost died. So I made mistake after mistake. And, and by the way, if you guys think those are the first and only mistakes I made along this journey, <laughs> ha, dude, I, I'm happy to tell you I'm making bigger and bolder and more horrifying mistakes today than I was back then. But with that being said, I'm not making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. You see, the thing is, is it's kind of funny. I love you introduced me today. Cliff Ravenscraft, business mentor and life coach, right? <laughs> a guy who was 300 pounds and made $11,000 in his first year in business. He almost died. He was a 300-pound obese human being, and he's a business mentor and life coach? Heck yeah, I am because of yeah. all those mistakes I made. Absolutely. It's because of all those things I did. It's because of who, what I learned and what I applied to my life. And I said, listen, I, I learned that. Okay, I will not make that mistake again. And Evan, you actually see me on video. I know we're talking to folks through a podcast. They, can't, they don't have the benefit of, of seeing 
me, but I, I weigh, did you know me when I weighed 300 pounds? I walked in one time when you were recording with Tracy and I, I saw you and I believe, I believe at that time you were, you were definitely a bigger guy. Oh, I was, I was, yeah. When I was recording with Tracy, I was a 300 pound man. Yeah. A 300 pound man. I burned <clears throat> over 100 pounds of fat off of my body and I put on 26 pounds of muscle since wow. then. Wow. That's awesome. Because I learned from, thank you. I learned from my mistakes. All right. I'm thankful for all of them. By the way, it wasn't just an up. It wasn't just this perfect journey either. I made changes to my my physical activity. I made changes to the way that I ate. I lost sixty pounds, and then I fell off the wagon. <gasps> mm. I I've, I and I gained all of it back. And I'm like, okay, well, that's another mistake. What can I learn from this? And it took a while before I wanted to try it again. And then I had a bunch. I mean, I had like six or seven or eight months of up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like I, I would lose 25 pounds. I'd gain it back. I'd lose 30 pounds. I'd gain it back. It's just crazy. And then finally, I'm like, okay, I've got to figure this out. And I, I, I worked with a coach and a mentor who helped me have a major mm. significant mi- mental mind shift. It was a sh- mindset shift. And it was November 14th, 2014. The right person came into my life, spoke the right words into my life, and my life changed in an instant. My physical fitness and my health changed in an instant, and it would never go back. And so November 2014, I made a decision. I'm working out six days a week, every week, for the rest of my life. Mm. And Evan, I've done it since 2014. Not only that, but it's six days a week. It's uh, a good, hard good sweat cardio workout at least two or three days a week is lifting heavy stuff aka strength training Mm -hmm. and not only that but i i mean i've determined i want to start changing the way that i eat and i make crazy bold things it's like what i did is i learned what how i succeeded how did i go from struggling in my physical fitness how did i go struggle from struggling in this area where I, I, I couldn't keep myself working out consistently. What changed? I mean, because it's clear that something changed on November 14th, 2014. What can I learn about that and apply it to other areas of my life? Like mm-hmm. my eating, my eating, even though I was working out consistently um, and I, was, I saw major success, I noticed that still my weight was just fluctuating a little bit, not like it used to. I never went back to, I mean, you work out as much as I do. You, you, you keep the weight off pretty much, but I still saw, you know, my eating was in control, out of control, in control, out of control. And I'm like, what can I do? What, it, what was it that got me to come to the gym? And I started studying the mindset, how, how you get and what, how beliefs determine everything you do. Mm-hmm. And I, I studied a program from Tony Robbins called Creating Lasting Change. Mm. And I listened to it. By the way, I've, I've invested more than 10,000 hours of my life studying three different audio training programs from Tony Robbins. Wow. I want to I say that again. I've invested <laughs> more than 10,000 hours of my life studying three audio training programs from Tony Robbins over the course of two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I finally began to grasp what it was that caused me to be able to leave my career in insurance and I find success financially. By the way, I made lots of mistakes, but eventually I got to the place where podcast coaching and consulting, the podcast answer man, generating a minimum of half a million dollars a year every single year consistently. I literally have trained more than 40,000 people who have a podcast today. Wow. I taught them how to podcast. If you look in the Apple podcast directory, 
and you look in the business category, the top 100, more than half of them are my clients, Michael wow. Hyatt, Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas. I could go on and on and on. Uh, those are my clients. I taught all of them how to podcast. So how, how can I figure this stuff out? And then when I went through this creating lasting change program and personal power too, and unleash the power within, and then went to, to actually went to unleash the power within conference twice, walked on fire twice. My <laughs> took my wife, my wife and I are both fire walkers. I took my oldest daughter and my son to unleash the power within a, again. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, if she's a fire walker as well, walked across hot coals. How can you get yourself to do the things you say you want to do? That's what I learned. That's what I studied. And then once I learned that, it's like, this is how I succeeded in, in the things that I did in my business. This is how I succeeded in getting myself to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And then I asked myself a question. I wonder, can I get myself to never eat sugar again in my life? Mm. And dude, I was addicted to mm. sugar. Now, the thing is, is I'm not going to go into all the, the toxins and everything that goes along with sugar and try to have it ruin anybody else's enjoyment of, of their sugary <laughs> snacks. There are all sorts of reasons, a.k.a. fatty liver disease and all the other stuff that I promise you I'm going to stop right there because <laughs> I don't want to ruin your cookies later tonight after your, your, your dinner. But the thing is I also had hypoglycemia. So there was, a, there was an added reason why I wanted to get rid of the sugar habit. And, and the thing is, as I said, I wonder if I can take everything that I learned here and I can create lasting change, change in my behavior that lasts forever. And the behavior that I want to change is I want to never eat a Kit Kat, a Snickers bar, a cupcake, birthday cake, pumpkin pie, any, any sugary snack that has granular sugar added to it. I never in my life ever want to eat it again. And well, Evan, that was a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, and I've kicked it, mm -hmm. and and it's gone. It's gone out of my life. And then there, you know, it's funny. So I that that's a eating sugar mistake that I made. Not going to make it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, is there any other mistakes that I can make? Sure. Okay. So the sugar's gone, right? Okay. Well, let's let's get into to some bread, some deep fried foods, some pastas, and bags of chips. Come on. And it's like speak my language. okay. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, okay, so so here I am. I'm at the gym, you know, and I'm making great progress. I got all matter of fact, I got all the way down to like 181 pounds. That's with all the muscle that I've still put on. And it's like, but still 181. And then the next thing you know, I'm I'm starting to creep back up the scale again. I'm eating bags of chips. I'm not no, I'm not saying I went to the store and got a bag of chips and, and I eat, you know, over the course of a couple of days the bag of chips. I Evan, I'm talking about a bag of of Doritos, like the like not maybe not the family size, but the one that's the regular full size Doritos, like seven, nine, thirteen serving bags, whatever. Wow. And I'm sitting there watching TV at night, and I eat the whole darn bag. I'm going to the gym the next day. I may work out three hours the next day. And by the way, it's it's a total easy thing. I used to hate going to the gym. I love going to the gym today. Mm. I could go to the gym and work for work out for three hours and it's no big deal and I'll do it to pay for that bag of chips that I but man you get it's like okay can I get rid of the bag of chips mm. and I heard a friend of mine talk about and we're not going to go into the ketogenic diet but here's the thing the ketogenic diet is could you go carb free for the rest of your life or not carb free but could you go on a low fat uh, high or low carb high fat diet uh, and and actually 
get rid of this stuff forever, get rid of the bags of chips. And I haven't quite made the commitment that I'll never eat uh, uh, chips or anything like that again. I have made a commitment I will never eat sugar again. But let me tell you something. I'm sitting here. You're talking to a guy who is on day 75 of the ketogenic diet. Mm. I have not eaten more than 20 net carbs in 75 days. I have not touched a single chip in 75 days. I have not I have not consumed a a morsel of bread. I have not consumed a single piece of pasta. I have not consumed any deep fried food in 75 days. And I have no desire for it anymore. I got rid of it. And yes, I was able to take what I learned about creating lasting change and behavior that will that these things are never a problem for me. And in fact, I have learned about this thing called the ketogenic diet, which, by the way, can I just state here for the record, I am not promoting and recommending the ketogenic diet. I am not a medical professional. I know I, I'm just not that guy. Uh, I make no this is not a prescription of the ketogenic. This is a description of my own journey. I have done some research. I actually have studied probably about 400 hours now worth of material about the ketogenic diet. I have determined that this is a lifestyle that I want to live. And here's what I will tell you. There's also with the ketogenic diet, there's intermittent fasting. And my goal start was to eventually get to the place where I eat one time per day. Mm. I literally, I literally, I, it, I didn't get here. There was some, you know, there were actually, there weren't any mistakes on the ketogenic diet, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and, and it's crazy for me to say, and this is all going on this mistakes thing, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that I haven't made any mistakes on the ketogenic diet. Not any. But, but it's because of so many distinctions I've learned along the way that were easy for me to apply here so I'm not making the same kind of mistakes in different areas of my life. And so I've, I, I, right now I'm at a place where, Evan, I have learned how my body could be completely 100% what's called fat adapted, mm-hmm. which means that my body burns fat for fuel. And, and even though I've lost over 100 pounds of fat and put on 26 pounds of muscle since November 2014, believe it or not, I still have some fat around my my midsection and it's it's plenty to fuel my body let's put it this way but i still know that i need to eat macronutrients and micronutrients and trace minerals and and i'm eating healthier than i've ever eaten before but i only eat within a one hour window every day i fast 23 hours a day every day seven days a week right now and it took me a little while to get to that i started out with uh, a six hour window and then what is it 18 hours of fasting Mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I'm horrible at life math. I thought you were really good but at anyway, math, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cliff Ravenscraft and math are not great friends. But what I, that's why I love 24-hour uh, fast. If nothing else, I'll just continue to do the or the 23-hour fast because I know it's 24 minus 1. I can do that math live, and, and if for no other reason, I will stick with 23 hours of intermittent fasting every single day. And I eat about somewhere around 1,200 calories worth of the highest quality foods and best nutrients in the wor- world within a one-hour window. And, and get this, it's 3.27 in the afternoon. Does it sound like I have any lack of energy? No, not at all. I have not consumed a single calorie since 5.45 p.m. last night. Wow. And it's 3.27 p.m. today. And I will not eat tonight until just after 6 o'clock when my wife and I go out for date night. 
That's awesome. See, I can, I, I've made so many mistakes and I've learned from those mistakes, but then I also learn new skills, new techniques, and I apply that. And then I like, wow, now I know why I made those mistakes. And guess why it is every mistake I've ever made for, by the way, every result you have in life, whether it's your physical health and fitness, whether it's your financial results that you have right now, whether it's, uh, your your relationship with your spouse that maybe isn't all that great right now. Maybe it's the way that you parent your kids. If there's some sort of result that you have in life right now that isn't exactly what you dream of, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because of the actions you have taken. It's because of the it's because of your behavior. All right. It's because of the way that you behave consistently that get you the results that you have today. And I've learned, and it's, it's, it, I can't believe, it, it's not a secret. I will tell everybody. It's been there in plain sight all the time, but I never knew it. It was a mm-hmm. secret to me. But the reason f- for all of my behavior happened to do with one word, beliefs. Mm-hmm. I love how we're kind of flowing in and out of all of this, and, and, and uh, we're gonna de- I definitely want to dive into beliefs. I feel like if I'm the listener right now, I'm sitting there going, okay, this is, this is, you know, Cliff has kind of gone through this journey. He's learned a lot. He's invested a lot of time. But I think if I was really going to uh, drill down to that part of it, I think you took yourself off of autopilot. I think what happened was maybe when you were a lot younger, you, you created some of these habits. You created some of these uh, patterns of things that you were doing, uh, beliefs, if you will. And what, what happened in that process was you started to just automatically defer those decisions to your impulses and your automatic pilot. And I think later on you turned around and you said, my autopilot has now put me at 300 pounds. I'm unhappy. I don't have a lot of energy, X, Y, Z, all these different things happening um, has kind of led you to that point. So I absolutely agree. The Where you are today is the culmination of all of the actions and all the decisions that you've made. Now, those decisions may have not been as intentional as you would have liked because you've deferred them. But I think what's important to realize is that if you can uh, start being more intentional with the decisions you make, not in the sense of always viewing a mistake as a bad thing, embracing mistakes uh, as a learning experience, but also using uh, using mistakes as a motivation to be more intentional with the right kind of decisions. I think that's when everything flows together. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about beliefs, because I know this is something that you're really passionate about. Um, I would really like to get your definition of, of what a belief is. Oh, man, the, I will never forget the day I heard this definition for the first time. I was literally right, driving home from the gym. I remember exactly what mile marker on the highway I was. It's one of those things that's burned into my memory. You know, there, there are some kind of things that happen in your life, like this emotional event, and you'll never forget where you were and what was going on around you at the moment that event happened in your life. Have you ever had those, Evan? Uh, I've had a very few, but they do happen. Yeah. Okay. September 11th, 2001. Where were you the day you first saw the, the plane on television? The, where were you the day you saw the planes hit the towers? I was in the college of business at university of Tulsa. They had a TV on a rolling cart and they literally had the news playing and students were just standing there. Cause the first one had already hit 
and we walked past and we're just watching it. And then the second one hit. I mean, that's vivid. It's, it's vivid. And, and matter of fact, if I wanted to, I could actually ask you a couple more questions and you would actually recall all sorts of things that aren't consciously in on the top of your head. But if I asked you, you'd be able to search back and that it's everything that was going on around you mm-hmm. is so is actually so burned into your subconscious that you'll never forget that moment. Mm-hmm. And I know. And of course, obviously, September 11th is is a pretty significant event that we all remember. And I and 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 I say all of that, and I bring all of that memory up for the to say this: that the day I first heard the definition of what a belief was, literally changed my life forever. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, what is the definition I heard the day that I was riding down 275 between Mineola Pike and Route 237 on the way home from the gym that day? A sunny day. And I remember the actual sign I was looking at when I heard the words, this is what a belief is, Mm. from Tony Robbins. And he said this. He said, a belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. Mm. A belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. And then after that statement, he said, and every belief you have will determine the actions you take in life. And most important for you to understand is that the real danger is that you're unconscious of most of the beliefs that you have. Mm. You, you don't think about them consciously. They just drive you. You talked about autopilot. Mm-hmm. We are all hypnotized. We're li- have, you ever seen, have you ever seen these comedy shows where they get a hypnotist and they, they go up on stage at a comedy club and they bring some people in the audience and they make them, you know, they put them under and they hypnotize them and they suggest that they do things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of auto-suggestion, they're able to get them to bark like a dog and stuff like that. You've seen this before, right? Yeah. That is exactly what we're doing every single day of our lives. Mm. We have been hypnotized by our beliefs. Have you ever, have you ever driven to work and uh, you, you're going along and it's the same thing you've done every single day and the next thing you know, um, you get to work and you don't remember exactly how you got there? Has yeah. that ever happened? Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on autopilot. You have this belief that just this, 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 and you don't even, th- you don't consciously think about it. How mm-hmm. many times have you, Evan, have, have you ever, like, it's like, I'm supposed to go here because I'm not, wor- I don't, I'm, normally I go to work at, this, on, at Tuesday at 10 a.m., you know, or uh, let's say Tuesday at 7 a.m. Normally I go to work at Tuesday at 7 a.m., but this Tuesday, I have the day off and I'm meeting so-and-so for lunch over in this other part of town. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone to that lunch on the other side of town but found yourself actually taking the exit to go to work? I do, I do that more often than, you, than I care to admit. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, Evan, myself even today, and every single person listening to our voice – that's happening to us every single day. There are, there are actions we are taking today because we have ingrained patterns of habit based upon unconscious beliefs inside of us. Mm-hmm. So if you ever thought 
to yourself, man, I made this New Year's resolution. I'm going to work out every single day or, hey, I'm going to start eating healthy. And you try to use your willpower to do it you know, and, and to change things, right? But then all of a sudden you beat yourself up because you stop going to the gym. You're wasting your money on that membership. You start going back and eating that ice cream even. And you can't, it's like, and you feel, and there, there's that word, some of it, sometimes we feel that regret. Yeah. But the thing is, I, do you feel regret when, you, when you, you're supposed to go straight, but instead you get on the expressway to, the same way you would normally go to work? You don't feel regret. It's like, oh, duh. I, you know, it's like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to be on the expressway. So you have to get off the, uh, the next exit and you turn or you get up back on the expressway, go back and then you go back the way and you go and meet your friend for lunch and you tell him, hey, I'm sorry, I'm 10 minutes late. Right. Yeah. Do you regret it? Do you beat yourself up? No, you were just hypnotized. You were just acting according to what you'd always done, what you always believe about Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. You do what you always do. Right. And you don't beat yourself up. But, man, I bet you that, that, that that's a wake-up call. You need to do something different, and you just turn around and you, you course correct. You literally course correct. Mm. All right? This is what we need to do. We need to start understanding. Quit beating yourself up about eating the tub of ice cream. And instead, ask yourself, why did I eat the tub of ice cream last night? Mm-hmm. And what you're going to find if you start asking those questions, if, by the way, so a belief is nothing more than a, a thought that you feel certain is true. And every belief you have will cause you to either take an action or to avoid taking action, which, by the way, the, the avoidance of taking an action is an action. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all of your beliefs will lead to the actions you take. And here's the thing. If you want to change eating a tub of ice cream a full tub of ice cream or an entire bag of chips while you're watching TV past 9 p.m. at night on the couch, if you want to change that, I promise you this, you will never be able to change that habit long term if you don't understand and get become consciously aware of why you are doing it. You need to uncover the beliefs that you have about how it's adding, uh, giving you a little bit of sense of certainty that you can feel good in a certainly uncertain time, such as, oh my gosh, things are kind of getting shaken up at work and I'm afraid that I'm going to potentially lose my job or, you know, my performance is down and I got a lot of anxiety about financial things and there's this new thing that just came up, the air conditioner broke, there's all kinds of other bills piling up and I'm just so unsecure right now and I have a need for certainty and so one thing I know that I that will definitely give me certainty that I can feel good right now in this very moment is that amazing pint of ice cream. You know that that uh, that that chocolate chunk raspberry ice cream from Graders or that, <laughs> that you know whatever your flavor of chips are, you know the jalapeno ruffles whatever chips. It's like if you could just understand that you believe that you will feel good and it will take your mind off of this, whether you believe that it I mean there's so many beliefs that you have. So your beliefs are what's causing you to overeat. Your beliefs are is what, what's causing you to stop going to the gym. Your beliefs are what's causing you to turn left on the expressway and head. It, it's your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And you have to become consciously aware of them. If you don't become consciously aware of them and eliminate the beliefs that are causing you to make the decisions that you no longer want to make, if you don't change your beliefs, you'll never change your results. You'll ne- you change your beliefs, you will change your life. Absolutely. I think what we're talking about here is 
really getting to the point where you're involving yourself back in that decision and you're making the decision, what's more important to me? Is the tub of ice cream more important to me? Or is that feeling of being fit and that self-confidence and, and, and going to the gym and changing that feeling of certainty, but deciding which one you want. And when you decide which one you want, then you can start making those decisions back off of autopilot, working back towards the goal that you put in front of yourself. I think a lot of times people say, well, why do I write down my goals? Why do I, it's just, you know, it's just words on a piece of paper, but it's that visual reminder of what's most important to you and the sacrifices that you're going to have to make to get there but because you've decided that that's more important, that that's my new belief, that's the feeling of certainty that I want to be this kind of person, I want to do this kind of thing, that's what we have to work towards. And I, I, it's, I feel like, and I'm using the word feel, I feel like the definition of a belief is, is wishy-washy. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, it's a feeling of certainty, but I don't feel like it's a, like an absolute. And so with, well, because of that, yes, we, get the- to, we get to define what it is, right? Well, that's the thing. It, it, a thought is not true. A, th- a belief is not true or untrue. Mm-hmm. There is, it is a yeah, belief is not true or untrue. A belief is not a fact. A belief is nothing more than a thought. Mm-hmm. So first of all, get, get rid of the feeling of certainty. First of all, a belief is nothing more than a thought. And we can come up with all kinds of thoughts. Like, for example, uh, I have a thought. The sky is purple or okay that okay that maybe that one because some people may look up and think and feel certain that the sky is kind of purple right now. Yeah. How about this? The sky is uh, gosh, what color could the sky not be? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of something that's obviously wrong. Um, okay, how about water's I, not I, wet? I, I, yeah, I thought water's not wet, you know, or just some kind of crazy, but you could have a thought. And if you choose to, believe it or not, somebody could convince you. Mm-hmm. You could, I, I guarantee you, you could be convinced that water is not wet. And then you will have a belief if you feel certain that it's true that water is not wet. Guess what? For you, that's what you will believe. The fact is, is that it's an outface lie. Everybody else will probably know that it's, it's completely false. But you'll start living your life as if water's not wet. And you're going to go outside and you're going to get wet. And you're going to be like, what the heck's going on here? And you're not going to understand what's going on uh, because of your, your, your really messed up beliefs. Anyway, I, let, let me bring this out of the, the potential zone. So if you don't mind, Evan, I want to talk to you about this idea of the gym. You can't just you can't just intellectually decide what you want in your life. You actually have to have a deep emotional connection to it. It's what we call leverage. Most of the time, the reason why people fail to change their beliefs to do the work, the intentional conscious work of changing their beliefs, the reason why most people won't do it is because it's just an intellectual thing, this thing that it's like, yes, I would really like to start working out to have a, you know, to drop 100 pounds uh, and stuff like that, that, you know, it, it, because I think if I were to lose some weight, I'd have a little bit more self-confidence. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, chances are I might, you know, some people probably prejudge me and I might even get a, a more opportunity to do speaking gigs because I've lost weight. I mean, that would be nice, right? Uh, I'd look better for, on my YouTube content, you know, and I could vlog more, which would be good. That'd be nice. And so there's all these intellectual. It's like, oh, yeah, and I, I might live a little bit longer, you know, and all that stuff. That'd be nice. And we make all these intellectual things about what we say we want. All right. 
But if you don't have, there's this other technique. It's called having leverage. It's the see everything we do, we're wired by our creator in such a way that we will always do things to pursue pleasure and to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And if you can, by the way, if you don't get anything else out of our conversation today, remember that you will always do things to pursue pleasure and avoid pain. And the interesting thing is, is you will do way more to avoid pain than you will to pursue pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I remember hearing the, that, that statement for the first time. And I remember it's like, I heard it, but it wasn't until the third or fourth time that I heard it, uh, that it, it started to really sink in. So let me tell you about uh, uh, leverage. Working out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. I made this commitment, right? right. How did I do it? Well, if you really want to get leverage, here's the first key to it. I'll just share one key to it. And it's this. You have to associate massive, immediate, unbearable pain to the idea of, going, of not going to the gym. I want you to hear that again. If I want to actually make a commitment to go to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life and never miss that, mm-hmm. for me to be able to do that for the rest of my life, I have to adjust some beliefs about going to the gym, but that takes a lot of work. But for me to do that to, and to do it consistently, consciously, over and over again, work on all the beliefs that would keep me from making that commitment, then I have to have what's called leverage. And one part of leverage, the most important part of leverage, is that I must associate in my mind that not doing that behavior will cause me immediate, instant, unbearable pain, all right, Mm. and massive pain. So for me, Evan, before I, I made, before I learned about beliefs and before I learned about leverage, at least the negative side of leverage, or actually it's a positive negative side of leverage. Anyway, <laughs> before I would I'd make this commitment to go to the gym and I, it would all be intellectual. I'm going to be able to do this and I'm going to be able to do that and stuff like that. But then there are some beliefs that got in the way. And those beliefs like going to the gym is hard. People are going to judge me. I don't have enough time. Have you ever had any of those beliefs about going to the gym? You know, all the time, uh, yeah. and, and by the way, there's. There's tons of other beliefs about going to the gym that keep people from doing that long term. And if you don't have massive, immediate, unbearable pain associated to the idea of not going to the gym, those beliefs are going to get you to eventually make your financial investment in a gym membership a waste of time and money. All right. So here's what I will tell you. For me, the idea of not going to the gym, let me tell you what that means to me. Number one, I've told hundreds of thousands of people publicly in November <laughs> 2014. I told hundreds of thousands of people publicly, I'm telling you, Cliff Ravenscraft, right here on this day, this time, for the rest of my life, I will work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. I know some of you don't believe it. You've seen my health journey. You've seen my ups and downs. You've seen me make mistake after, after mistake. I'm telling you today, drawing a line in the sand from this day forward, Cliff Ravenscraft works out six days a week, every week for the rest of his life. Now, for me to actually not go to the gym or not get a workout in today, that means I'm going – do you know how many of the hundreds of thousands of people are just waiting for Cliff to fail and to <laughs> rub it in my face and all that other stuff? <laughs> the idea of not going to the gym and giving them the, the, the ability to make fun of me or to say that I didn't do it. See, Cliff, I knew you weren't worthy of this. I knew you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go ahead, people. 
Let me tell you, it ain't happening. The other thing is, is I did this for, do you know how many people, Evan, I made this commitment November 14th, 2016. Do you know there's at least, and this is very conservative, there is a minimum of, minimum of 1,000 human beings in my own community who are now working out six days a week, every week for the rest of their life. Oh, awesome. And there are a, there are a minimum, and I know the names of all of them, there are a minimum or of at least one – there's a minimum of 100 human beings who have lost over 100 pounds nice. as a result of that commitment. As, and so the idea – and do you know how many people email me every day? Cliff, because of you, I, I went to the gym today. Because of you, I had this thought. There's this experience and there's this. But man, because of you, I did this. And so for me, the thought of not going to the gym – and letting those people down and, and, and giving them is like, no, not a chance. And not only that, but also, dude, what, what, what you, I haven't said is that in November 2014, Cliff Ravenscraft, 300 pounds. I'm sitting there working like crazy again, back in my old routine. This isn't healthy. And the reality is, is that I'm starting to experience a little tingling in the ends of my fingers, a little tingling in my toes. I think this is called neuropathy. I bet you if I went to the doctor, they'd tell me I have type 2 diabetes. Uh, I know, dude, if I don't go to the gym, I'm going to get back to that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and no, I, Cliff Ravenscraft is going to have nothing to do with type 2 diabetes. Sorry, no way. So I, when I, the idea of, going to, of skipping the gym means tingling toes. It means that my fingers and my toes will be cut off, amputated. Is that the life? No. I have a dream of doing public speaking for the rest of my life. I have a, a dream of filling stadiums with tens of thousands of people who come to hear me speak on a stage and not me wheeling myself in a, in a wheelchair with the nubs of my arms. <laughs> the idea of not going to gym, there's too much pain associated to the thought. Not, not the action of not going. The thought of not going to the gym has so much massive, immediate like unbearable pain that Evan, I'll never have a problem working out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. Well, that especially having those kinds of stories and being able to point to motivating other people, there's fulfillment in there too. So that's the pursuit of pleasure that you were talking about. We're avoiding the pain, but we're also seeing the result in helping other people. And that indirectly brings you that pleasure. There's that, uh, there's that chemical it's release actually, in your brain. Yeah. It's directly. So yeah. that's the only thing I would change. It's not indirectly. It is directly. Correct. And so there's a second part of leverage. So the first half of leverage is to associate massive, immediate, unbearable pain. But on the opposite side, you also want to, you want to associate in your mind massive amounts of immediate pleasure, mm -hmm. which, of course, is, man, if I go to the gym today, especially, okay, I just got challenged with this, this thing that just came up. I have this feeling. I'm not feeling it today. I'm tired. I was up late. I've got this belief and that belief. And man, I really don't want to go to the gym. It, and immediately, the thought of not going to the gym, I had all of those immediate thoughts and feelings. And by the way, I want you to understand there are thoughts, but I, you, you can have all the thoughts you want. I had the real feelings, the physical feeling of pain when I thought about not going to the gym. That's, that's a neuro association. It's in my nervous system. All right. But then I also instantly at the same time have neuro associations of pleasure. Man, as the, the fact that I hate the idea of going to the gym right now 
it is so awesome because I'm going to go to the gym. And when I finish going to the gym, I'm going to tell everybody how much I didn't want to go to the gym, but why I did it anyway. And that's going to have, I'm going to experience so much pleasure. Not to mention the fact that when I go to the gym, I'm going to be able to get my endorphins running and I'm going to be able to, my, my heart's going to be pumping. I happen to know all about the difference in cytokines so that I'm actually going to be sending these little repair crew going through my bloodstream. It's going to help me cure cancer when I have it. Did you know the average person has cancer several times throughout their lifetime and it's never diagnosed and it's actually eliminated? That happens when you go to the gym consistently. Awesome, man. Crazy stuff. <laughs> hey, real quick, I, I just need to do a quick call out to our sponsors, Doritos. Do you like uh, tasty corn chips? Do you like watching the big game and eating an entire bag? No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't resist doing that because <laughs> we've just been dogging That's awesome. Doritos and eating chips. But no, this is this is absolutely fantastic because we're taking it from the intellectual side to the action side. And I feel like a lot of times people get hung up on what's my next step? How do I how do I get to that next level? How do I take the concepts that you're talking about, that Tony Robbins is talking about, that Napoleon Hill is talking about? How do I take that and apply that to my specific life? And I think we have a tangible thing now is using that leverage, using the the pain and the pleasure and and really analyzing that and determining what do I want to pursue? What's my leverage with that? And now use that as your motivation to move forward. You can change every single aspect of your life forever in an instant with just a few tools, tips, and techniques. Absolutely. Well, that tees me up perfectly to, uh, you know, we're talking about this the listeners are tuned into this because they're wanting to find some of those tips, some of those techniques to get themselves to that next level, to better leverage the things that they're doing. How do people connect with you? How do people find out more about what you're doing? Uh, and if you can, tell them a little bit about some of the exciting things you have going on. Well, the most exciting thing that I've got going on in the world, and it's what I believe God has put me on this planet to do, it's called the Free the Dream Conference. And the next one, as we're recording, is coming up September 13th through the 15th in Franklin, Tennessee, 2019. FreeTheDreamConference.com is where you can go and learn about this event. By the way, I know all about the power of podcasting. And so for those of you who are hearing our voice, and it's currently uh, 2025, you know, so we're into the future. <laughs> you're, you're listening to us years and years in advance. I want you to know you can still go to freethedreamconference.com, providing that Cliff Ravenscraft is still, you know, above dirt. And, <laughs> and I promise you, I just, you go to freethedreamconference.com and maybe by 2025, you will come to one of our stadium events. Nice. All right. That, so that, that will be cool. But anyway, this year, Franklin, Tennessee, September 13th through the 15th. FreeTheDreamConference.com. Come th- to this event. Go, go ahead and check out the website. Check out the sales page. Watch the videos. Watch all of the videos on this page. And, and especially the testimonials mm. of people's lives who were radically transformed. You know, I've had people who were like 17 years old. I've had people in their late 60s, early 70s who have been at this event. Every single person who came to this event, their lives were transformed. FreeTheDreamConference.com. By the way, 2019, did you know that Tracy Trost is speaking at Free the Dream 2019? I did not know that. I, I recently saw him, but I have not asked him about that. That Friends of mine, people that are listening to this podcast, anytime you can get an opportunity to hear Tracy speak, you guys will be blown away. You'll enjoy it. I know Cliff enjoys it. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you and happy for Tracy for that. 
Yeah. So freethedreamconference.com and Tracy's session at Free the Dream will give you insights on how your nervous system yes. and brain works. It's it is going to blow your mind what Tracy <laughs> will share from the stage at Free the Dream 2019. Do not delay. Go to freethedreamconference.com and grab your ticket today. But here's what I want to say. Evan, I know there's going to be some people who hear our voice. It's like, gosh, okay, that all sounds great. Yeah, uh, I'm just not sure. Here's what I want to tell you. Go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. If you go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free, on that page, it'll say, give me 60 minutes and I will teach you how to live the life of your dreams, which is a pretty bold statement. And there's even a more, there's even a more bold statement right below that. But here's what you'll get. First of all, right below this two bold statements, you'll see a 90 second video clip. And it's, it's a 90 second video clip of me giving the opening keynote address of the free, the dream 2018 conference, the first ever one. Hmm. It will it will grasp you. By the way, if it doesn't, just leave the page. Don't don't bother. <laughs> just go on with your day. But if the ninety second grabs ninety seconds grab you, put your name and email address in the form at the bottom of the page. Get free access instantly to the full one hour opening keynote address. And I want you to understand you will learn what a belief is. Not only that, but you'll learn how to become consciously aware of the beliefs that you have and you'll learn how to do the work to eliminate the beliefs that are keeping you from living the life of your dreams or more importantly living the life that you were created to live if you want to get out of debt you must change your beliefs if you're in debt and you have a ha- if you've had a struggle getting out of debt if you want to lose over 100 pounds and and you've struggled to do it you have to change the beliefs by the way you could just watch this one-hour talk, and it will change your life. That's over at MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free. Awesome. Cliff, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with my audience, to share uh, your beliefs, uh, the, the things that you've learned along your journey, and ultimately helping that next generation of business leaders in their leadership journey and influencing the lives of the people around them. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.